two, one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the Junior Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Ro Thompson. Man, I tell you, we got some, uh, we have a very special guest uh, that's going to be on the podcast tonight. Um, just wanted to, uh, first of all, say uh, I want to thank so many of our junior golf groups that uh, help spread the word about our podcast. Uh, we've got so we've got so many uh, junior golf groups. I just want to name a couple of them. I had a couple of groups, Rodney, that said they wanted me to give them a, a, a shout out. So I figured I, I, I better, you know, give them a shout out tonight. So we got the uh, one of the biggest groups that we're in is the uh, kids and junior golf group. It's got about 14,000 uh, members in that group. And then we've got um, the junior golf group. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of really good golf groups out there. We got the junior golf uh, for parents and golfers. We got the, the black junior golf group. We got the junior golf development. We got South Carolina junior golfers. So we got a lot of junior golf groups out there that totally uh, paved the way and support uh, the parents and support a lot of the juniors and a lot of the uh, golf associations that are out there. So we want to thank them for that. So um, what I want to do right now, you all, is bring up my special guest tonight. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a fellow Bulldog. That's right. We're a South Carolina State alumni. Um, I uh, came up in the tennis program, and this gentleman came up in the golf program. So he's going to spend some time with us. And um, I'm gonna bring them bring them on. And so, hey Rodney, how you doing tonight, man? Hey Ro, how's it how's it going, man? How's everybody doing? Going good, man. Going good. And so, y'all want to introduce you to all, uh, Rodney Lathern. Is it Lathern, Rodney? Yes, Lathern. That's good. Lathern. There we go. There we go. So, so Rodney, man. Before we get into the um, the the programs that you were able to to develop um, around the game of golf. Um, talk to us a little bit about, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, um, I started playing golf well over 45, almost 50 years ago. Um, I started when I was about seven years old. My, um, you know, my father introduced me to the sport and, um, you know, in our family, um, the, the, the dads and the uncles used to have a, a men's day at um, East Potomac Park here in D.C., where we, we fished, we rode bicycles, we went swimming, we played putt-putt, we actually played golf, and we did punt, pass, and kick. So all the boys and men in our family, we just got together. And um, that just opened up my eyes to all of the sports. And once I played golf and hit my first, driver about 150 yards down the fairway <laughs> I was hooked from that day on beautiful and how old were you about when you did that Rodney seven years old seven years old that's a that's mm-hmm. a that's a pretty good start for 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 you know getting mm-hmm. into the game of golf at the at age of seven mm-hmm. so what was your experience like um as a junior golfer because obviously you had gotten pretty good because you, you know, you had a chance to go play golf um, in college, HBCU. So tell us about your experience at, with, with junior golf growing up. Well, well, here in the city, in D.C., I was very fortunate enough that um, one of my best friends uh, who also went to HBCU, mm-hmm. um, John Joy, he 
played at St. Augustine's College. Okay. But we were together and we practiced together every day. So my best friend played. So what happened was we partnered up and we just played golf every day. Wow. And in doing so, um, at East Potomac Park, I think they got 72 holes. Well, mm-hmm. we used to just play as many holes, as, mi- as much as we could play all day long. Right. And at some point, we got good. And what happened was um, John's godfather um, got us some lessons okay. from a guy named Willie Jeffries. They nicknamed Barracuda. Okay. And, and he got us both started and on that next level. Gotcha. Barracuda was one of the local professionals at Langston Golf Course. Okay. Um, he, 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 his claim to fame, I think he played at UCLA okay. way back in the day. All right. Um, and so once he taught us, um, the journey began. And what happened was there was a guy named Frank Lee, who was a member of the Royals Golf Club, which is one of the oldest men's golf clubs. Okay. And what they did was the Federation was a collective group of the Wake Robins, the Royals, the Oxen Blades, um, all of the local golf groups formulated a federation. Okay. And what they did was they went to um, Mr. Bob Rowley, who ran the Washington Metropolitan Golf Association, and they lobbied for inclusion. Gotcha. And then they selected about 14 to 20 of us, and we would meet in the parking lot on tournament days, and they would drive us to the various country clubs in in Maryland. Okay. Or in the DMV. Gotcha. And once we got to playing, we liked it. And so then we practiced more, we practiced more. And then there were guys that were older than me that were, you know, that I looked up to. And we just played golf every day. That's beautiful. And that's beautiful. That that playing in the Washington Metropolitan Golf Association and being exposed to Congressional Country Club. Kenwood Country Club, Columbia Country Club, all yeah. of the major country clubs, Bethesda Country Club. We saw a different look on golf other than just the recreational East Potomac Park and Langston. Gotcha. So when did so when did you get to the point, Rodney, where you were either recruited by college colleges to come to play golf? How did you how did you get recruited by South Carolina State to come to play golf? Well, that journey kind of started at the same time as I was in the Federation. Okay. Um, what happened was I started winning golf tournaments. Wow. I started practicing. I started playing golf. Well, we played golf every day. Anyway, and right. At, and at the end of it, um, the state championship was coming up. And um, I went into a practice regiment, um, although I had limited access to the golf course um i bought some regular indoor outdoor carpet put it on my balcony at my apartment mm-hmm. where i lived in my house and i put it and i put it and wow. i put it and i went to the local school and i hit balls through the goalposts and i figured if i can hit it through the goalposts you can hit it, or land it into the backstop it'll right. land on the green and so right. i just kept practicing kept practicing and then when the state champions came up, I led the state championship. Um, and then um, from that point on, 
my life changed. I think I finished with three holes to go. I was leading the state championship. And unfortunately, I was able to choke it off. <laughs> and I ended up finishing fourth. Okay. But uh, <laughs> just having the front page of the Washington Post yeah. and the Washington Journal sports page, it changed my life. Beautiful. And from that point on, I was an All-American in golf. Wow. It wasn't but two black. It wasn't but two black players in the field at that time. Okay. And um, from that point on, my uh, counselor at school said, "Well, look, let's create a letter mm-hmm. and send it to fifty schools." Wow. And so I sent it out to fifty schools, and um, the stuff started pouring in. I was accepted in seven or eight different schools. Okay. But South Carolina State offered the, the best package. And there Coach you. Buddy Pugh, who's now the football coach, he came and sat on my couch wow. in Bladensburg, Maryland. Yeah. And he signed right. me. But it, it it didn't help it helped a lot that Rodney Green and several other players from DC and Carlton Green, which is Rodney's brother, Skip, um, we were we all knew each other from the junior ranks. And they were at Eisenhower. So it was just a DC connection that went to South Carolina State. That's good. Because a lot of those, a lot of those connections like that can actually get players recruited into uh different colleges. So um, right. and so and, and and we're gonna get into the program in a little bit, but I, I got, you know, we got some history to kind of cover. So um mm-hmm. your 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 college experience. Um what were some of the some of the milestones that you were able to, you know, you and the team what were some of the accomplishments that y'all were able to um, take advantage of in college? Well, we won some 10 different golf tournaments and we won wow. the first three inaugural and the second two national black college championships in Cleveland, Ohio, wow. which was the event run by the NNGA national Negro golf association. Okay. They formulated that along with Bill Dickey's, organization out in phoenix arizona right um and sometimes when you change the name of an event you kind of lose a little bit of the history so now what was the pga works was the national minority college black college golf championship wow as a matter of fact one of the waning moments was tiger woods at the age of 14 or 15 Mm -hmm. he actually did the clinic for us him and his father Earl at in Cleveland at Highland Park. Wow. That's, that so was, was, I know that so was an experience. Was, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then awesome. the second one was the fact that Lee Elder did the clinic the next year. And if you, I haven't got into that, but yeah, we're gonna get I'm into also that. into the Lee, I was part of the Lee Elder program. Gotcha. As a matter of fact, I was from the golfing end of Lee Elder and, um, one of the things I did coming up is when any of those golf organizations in the Federation would go and travel to another state yeah. to play golf, right? I kind of made my way into some of those vehicles. Gotcha. With money and sometimes without money. Right. right. I just rolled along and the older guys, they took care of me. That's it. That's how you do it. That's how you do right. it. Right. Well, and that's... for that same reason is why I do what I do now. There you go. All right, well, we're going to get into that. So talk to, so, you know, you've been able to to do some uh, extraordinary things. Um, you know, me, me and you, we've been talking for the last couple of months, and I told you I was going to get you on the podcast. 
And because um, I, I felt like people needed to hear what you have accomplished and what some of the things that you've done in the game of junior golf. So talk to us a little bit about what, you know, programs and some of the things that you have done uh, for junior golfers to this day. Okay. All right. Well, one of the things I did was by me traveling and I didn't get into this accomplishment, but I tra- I played on tour. I okay. went to the first Ben Hogan Q school after graduating from South Carolina state in 1989. Big deal. Um, going to that Q school. Right. I played with John Daly, Tom Lehman and all of that. Gotcha. I had a number. Um, and then I befriended Olin Grant and we traveled all over the country for four years. You won't believe and, this, but Olin Grant lived here in Columbia. No. Yes. Exactly. That's correct. Yeah, because a friend of mine, a friend of mine talked about Olin Grant and he said mm-hmm. Olin Grant should have been on tour, but he just didn't have the support. That's not that's not true. That's not true. Olin had plenty of support. So he, he did Olin, have support. Okay. Olin, we, we, we stayed out there for five or six years. Wow. Olin was sponsored by Pete Dye. Wow. Wow. Pete Dye gave him over $400,000. Okay. So he did have support. So Olin, no, Olin played on tour. He was, he was the second longest driver on the tour behind John Daly at that time. Wow. Okay. You know. it's, good. it's good to know. Yeah, so Olin, you know, we traveled all over the country. Okay, um, that's good. And it was it was a it was a great experience. Okay, good. But well, talk to us about this this program that you were able to put together okay. for so for the junior. So by, right. So by me traveling all over the country, Olin and I would go and we would do clinics in various cities. Gotcha. Like we would do a clinic in Detroit at Rackham Park for Selena Johnson. We would go into Atlanta and do one for Elijah Walker at John A. White. Okay. Um, and in lieu of that, we would go to Orlando, and I would stay with Adrian Steeles, and we would go practice at Grand Cypress. And mm-hmm. when we were practicing at Grand Cypress, they have a driving range with three holes around the driving range. Gotcha. And I said, boy, that would have been great if I had that when I was a junior mm-hmm. and I could really learn how to play golf and wouldn't affect the golf course by, you know, clogging up the golf course with the things we wanted to do on the practice facility. Right. So with those combinations and traveling all over, I came back and wrote a proposal for the USGA to the USGA mm-hmm. to build a artificial golf course on an old existing closed country club. Gotcha. In the hood. Right. And um, the program took off and we had a nice run for about nine years. Um, and we were able to put over 700 kids in college. Wow. That's amazing. Through that program. So right. what I did was I take some of the experiences that I got from Lee Elder. Um, there were times when I used to hang with Lee Elder every day. Right. Um, I would drive him to the airport to pick up Gary Player. Then wow. we would go to Angelo's, who was the club repair guy. We would work on clubs for a couple hours, get the clubs set up, and then they would go to Argyle Country Club or Congressional Country Club 
in lure of whatever events that they were doing, hosting for sponsors and things of that nature, they would do clinics. And right. so I was able to witness how all that was done. Right. Um, and Rose Eldon played a major role in that. Um, she made sure she put me in the right positions to learn how to do all of that. And then we had about 42 different juniors, 22 of which didn't play golf. They just learned how to manage and run and operate golf events. Gotcha. And so I was on the playing side. Okay. And so, you know, that's how that kind of worked. And so it just parlayed into wanting to, I had to give back because the game had been so good to me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It changed my whole life. Yes. Um, I just, you know, I had some great experiences. You know, I won over 25 golf tournaments. Um, I won five as a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, I qualified for the Anheuser-Busch, and I told you I played in some Nike Tour events in the early 90s. Nice. Nice. That's good to know. And so let me ask you this. Why do you feel, Rodney, more kids aren't playing golf right now? Well, one, Tiger Woods has made it really hard. Two, golf is a very hard devil. And if you don't know what to do, Mm -hmm. then it's tough to get started. That's where my role came in in the programming. Well, back in those days, this was pre-first tee. I used hook a kid on golf as the hook to get kids started. But once they got started, then we moved into a program like Mason's Army. That was a program at Langston. Mason was Mm -hmm. one of the local pros who won the Capital City Open, and he wanted to give back as well. So he had a program in which my buddy Ernie Andrews, he taught the kids, but we had conversations every night about what we want to teach them, how we're going to do it. And once he got them to the next level, then I took them and we joined the country club, Lake Alva Country Club. We played in an inner inner club. So what I was able to do is advise the parents on what to do. And I call it my five by five by five program. Mm. What you had to do is you played five locally, I mean five events at your club at your course. Mm-hmm. You played five local events, you played five regional events, and then you played five national events. Gotcha. That's and if you good. name the national events, then we would practice up to that point. And so then when we realized that some of the kids weren't getting up to speed. We then created our own level of tournaments at Langston through Golf Exposure, which was another organization that what it it, it turned out as a guide right for the Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. And what what we would do is we would teach the kids golf for an hour and a half on Saturday, and they would learn math and science for another hour and a half on Saturday. Okay. In lieu of that, then we created the teams, and then we created our own Ryder Cup. And this is when Jimmy okay. Garvin, we, we went over to the Bahamas, mm-hmm. and we did a Ryder Cup-style format where the kids exchanged flags, they exchanged pins, they exchanged yeah. trophies, they had uniforms, wow. and they competed in a Ryder Cup format. In the Bahamas. So I'm thinking of my, I'm thinking of this. If our kids will never be able to make a Ryder Cup, 
Mm-hmm. But if we create the Ryder Cup experience for them early, then right. they may get fired up and work hard enough to become one of the Ryder Cup members. That's good. And, and Rodney, how, 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 how long did you coach? Oh, my goodness. About 25 <laughs> years or more. Oh, that's good. Because I coached at different levels. I also coached at two different high schools, Archbishop Pearl High School in D.C. Mm -hmm. and Bowie High School. I ran both golf programs. But also during the summer months, I created AAU Golf. Oh. We played 72 holes a week. I had 20 kids. We played 72 holes a week. We had short game practice twice a week. And on Saturdays at the rec center, um, we were able to hit balls all day long. And then we would play 18 at 1 o'clock, you know, at 1 to 3 o'clock when, when, the, when the golf course opened. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, 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 Rodney, what are some of your, you know, that's, that's great you were able to develop these programs and the, the Ryder Cup style for the juniors. What would you say were some of your fondest memories when it comes to uh, when it came to junior golf, college, professional, um, the uh, the program that you have, um, that you developed, what would you say would be, because you, you developed the Prince George Youth Golf Training Center, what would you say would be your fondest memories out of all the experiences that you've had with golf? Well, I mean, one, you know, qualifying for the Anheuser-Busch and having Calvin Pete and uh, Jim Thorpe congratulated me and Calvin gave me a conversation of what I needed to do to get to the next level, right. so forth and so on. Then this, the second thing was to win as many tournaments as I won in college. That was a feat. And if you well right. know, I'm nominated or into the Golf Hall of Fame at South Carolina State. Beautiful. Um, just for my um, finishes in the Black College National Championship three years in a row. That's good. That's good. And so then, then when you look at the junior side, mm-hmm. to see me play a role in changing people's lives around these young people, mm-hmm. you know, I took some kids from the streets and turned them into golfers. Um, nice. And to see them go off to college and play collegiately and win tournaments. But there was one point in this program that mm-hmm. – in every age group, one of our kids was the number one player in each age group in points, scoring, and everything. That's beautiful. And, and so that was, and that was to to see Marcus Manley, who is now playing on the APGA tour, mm-hmm. to see him become the Mid Atlantic Player of the Year of all the kids, juniors in the entire mid-Atlantic section, that was just a feat that was unbeknownst. And he was a kid from Southeast D.C. Wow. Where, you know, they, where they write all those kids off. Wow. That's good, man. You, you, you've got, you got some highlights. And I know, you know, we could probably go, you know, because the first time you and I talked, we, we talked for a good 30, 45 minutes about yeah. the, the things that you, have, you had accomplished in golf. Um, but I, I wanted I wanted you to talk about your time with uh, some of the with some of the 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 pro golfers that was on tour. I think you said you did some stuff with uh, Lee Elder and some of those guys. Uh, talk about you know some of your your favorite experiences with with those guys. 
okay, well, one of the things I, I, I knew to do that I wanted to learn from each and every one of those um, Mount Rushmore black golfers that I right. knew. Right. Um, Lee Elder, I learned a lot with Gary Player. I learned a lot with Calvin Pete. I learned a lot with Jim Thorpe and Chuck Thorpe. I would spend months uh, in Roxborough, North Carolina, playing golf with them. Right. Um, and then we would eventually travel on what they call the Chitlin Circuit. Okay. And, uh, then, you know, we had a, then we would play on the Celebrity Circuit. And gotcha. Mrs., Mrs. Rose Harper, she was able to teach us some things about the operation of a tournament and how that goes. And then she would put me with, with some of the major sponsors. Like mm. I had sponsors from Heinz Ketchup. I had sponsors from um, different golf companies, from the McDonald Corporation. Right. Um, just all of these sponsors that she would put me on my team. And some That's of good. my, as a matter of fact, when I played in Lansdowne um, and I won the Lee Elder Celebrity, Joe Theismann was my partner. Wow. Joe Theismann that day shot 68. He beat wow. me by a shot. I wow. shot 69. Okay. And then we, then we had a young lady that was uh, one of the major sponsors that was the CEO of Iron Sketchup. Okay. And yeah, so, so, Joe, so, a, Joe, one, so Joe Theismann got game. Oh my goodness, yes. He got big game. And then okay. of course, you know, we would do, we would play a lot of, a lot of rounds of golf with Michael Jordan. And we okay. had a great time with that. I would, meet him at all the celebrity events because Rose had her had the events all over the country. So gotcha. five years we would be in Hilton Head. Another yeah. five years we'd be in Williamsburg. The next five years we went to Tennessee at okay. the Sara Lee. And the next five years we would be at Lansdowne Resort. So okay. it was it was a 20 year run that was outstanding. Wow. You know, and, and so I learned a great deal. And those are some of the great experiences, you know. Yeah, that's a man. I tell you, you, you know, you, you, you need to get with a historian, man. You, I mean, you, you got a lot of, you know, I, I, just, I think, I think I told you last time that I know you could, you could write a book and it would mm-hmm. be a, a bestseller because there's some other, right. there's some other things that we, we, we probably won't be able to get into on the podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. you, 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 you've been able to, be around some of the golf legends and some mm-hmm. of the people that was instrumental in, uh, in, in the development of black golf. So that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So, man, so how can, um, so how can our listeners uh, get in touch with you, man? And, and then, well, like I said, we know everybody's on Facebook, social media, you know, right. you just look up my name, Rodney Latham, you know, right. on Facebook. And um, basically what we're doing right now, I'm doing more advising, of the parents as to what to do and how to to go about doing it so that there's a development process that the kids have to go through. Now, to get to from high school golf to a professional tour, Mm -hmm. you have to develop. You have to go through the process. You have to play in some local events. You have to play in some national events. Correct. And sometimes you have to get your foot wet in the USGA events, those five national events. Correct. Although you might not be ready to qualify for the U.S. Open, but you have to play in the U.S. Open as soon as you can. Right. So you have to work towards getting yourself 
prepared to be able to play in the U.S. Open. You got to remember, Tiger did all this stuff at 14 or 15 years old. Right, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he won the U.S. Amateur. Yeah, so if you're you're playing golf and you're a junior golfer, soon as you get of age, you should be qualifying for the U.S. Amateur. That's Whether you great. make it or not, but it's all about the experience. Experience, yeah, yeah. right. And That's once key. you get the experience, now you know what to work on and what to do, and you go back to your your, your coach, and you go back and you and you hit the, and you dig it out of the dirt. There you says, go. You know, because right. there's no secrets in this game. You got to dig it out of the dirt. I heard. Hey, I heard that before. You got to dig it out of the dirt. I heard that before, right? Mm-hmm. So, man, listen. We're gonna we're gonna open up the lines of uh, uh, and and see if uh, any of our listeners have any questions. We got a couple of people on tonight. Let me uh, let me let me open up the lines and uh, see if they have any questions. Uh, all right, let's see here. Okay, here we go. All right, so we got a couple of listeners here, and so uh, so Rich or uh, or Tyler. Y'all have any questions for uh, Rodney tonight? Well, um, Coach Rodney, Richard Lambert here. Good to see you again. Um, oh, you on mute, Rick- you on mute, Rodney. Hold one second, Rich. Oh, no problem, problem. Let Rodney, let Rodney get unmuted here for a okay, second. There we go. There we go. There we go. Okay, go ahead. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, Coach Rodney, Richard How Lambert here. Yeah. Doing well, doing well. Uh, so, where do you see the I guess black junior golf in the D.C. metro area going in the next few years? Like, like I mean, if individuals doing well, I'm sure, you know. But you mentioned it's collective groups of kids getting together and and, and really uh, pushing one another as as teammates uh, of sorts. Mm-hmm. Do you see that happening as, as a group of kids, as an organization that's pushing yes. that well, right well, now? Well, well, I'm coming back into the fold of. I want to get together about 12 to 15 golfers. Mm-hmm. And basically at the end of the day, it's called a boot camp. I'm calling it the, the uh, RL boot camp. And what like we're going it. to do is where those kids are going to, under my tutelage, we're going to get back to playing 72 holes a week at various clubs in the Washington metropolitan area. And when we finish practicing, putting on the chalk line, chipping and putting, up and in, for mm-hmm. you know, for all of those hours, and we play golf. One of the keys is you must play seventy-two holes a week. Mm. And once you get those rounds up, yeah. then the numbers will come all the way down. Right. Right. And then you make the corrections where you are. So now there has been a push. Um, a lot of parents are very interested, but they don't know what to do. If you guys don't know. I've been working with Richard and Tyler to advance his son. Wow. Hey, Rich, that's why you made that comment? From the, the... <laughs> of Richard, hey, I, when I told him, when I told him who my guest was, he started laughing. I'm like, why Rich laughing? <laughs> I was like, so, oh, Coach Lisa. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so I convinced Richard and his family to take a vacation to Orlando, Florida and to experience the Jim Thorpe Invitational. Right. Now, I have a personal relationship with Jim Thorpe where right. we have done some things in this golf game that a lot right. of people 
don't know about. Correct. We've experienced a lot of things together. Right. Um, I was under Jim's tutelage. I caddied for Jim when I was nine years old. And mm. He used to play at East Potomac. And I made it my business to be underneath professional golfers so that I could learn what I needed to do to get to where Tiger Woods is. Wow. Um, and there's a lot of people that will tell you that they thought I was, I'm supposed to be the first Tiger Woods, wow. you know, cause that was my goal. Cause I knew a black man would dominate this sport. Right. If given all of the right tools mm-hmm. and techniques that everyone else gets with the proper playing field and that sort of thing. Right. Beautiful. So we're, nice. so we're in the process of developing that boot camp okay. where, you know, and this is outside of this. See, this is outside of any programming. First tee, great deal. Do what they do. But the first tee is not going to take your kid and watch him and play 72, 18 holes a week, 72 holes a week, 18 holes a day with your child. Right. Now, most black parents got to go to work. Correct. I work in the school system. Okay. I'm off in the summertime. So Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, well, Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, we play 18 holes. And then they got to play 18 holes between Friday and Sunday to cover my 72 hole, and they turn the cards in. Once they turn the cards in, we're going to keep stacks. Then we're Mm going to find out where the weaknesses are. Then we're going to go to work on those weaknesses. And then once we correct those weaknesses, the scores should start coming down. Exactly. Exactly. That's good. And then I have a then I have a cure for that too. Um, whenever we play a golf course near a school, uh-huh. for, you know, we set a we set a target score, and all those target scores that are missed, they have to run laps for the number of target how far you miss the target. And when you do this program and you attach something to it, mm-hmm. one, they're getting in shape. Two, they realize that it's important to concentrate. And then once they figure out that how to score, mm-hmm. and then they then they'll be in condition all at the same time. Yeah, they'll be they'll be fit. They'll be fit after making you know making those little mistakes that you know. Yeah. of course, every golfer makes until you can get those mistakes. But you have to pay. A, but you have to pay a price for those mistakes. Exactly. And right. paying the price is running those laps per mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So if you make 15 mistakes, 15 you run laps. 15 laps, guess what? Those right. mistakes will slowly <laughs> go away. <laughs> depreciate. Exactly. Right, yeah. man. Man. All right. Well, listen, Rodney, man, this has been great. I appreciate you being on, man. Before before we, we, we sign off, man, who's your who's your favorite for the Masters this weekend? Well, you know, I'm always rooting for Tiger Woods, Earl right. Bonner, and Cameron Chan. Correct. You know, exactly. so... You know, I, I'm 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 for us, 150 percent. And you know, matter of fact, several of the kids in my program used to have some knockdown, drag out bat- battles with Carl Varner. Right. At the Bill Dickey tournaments and all over the the Northeast. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, and so we, you know, we told. It's just great to see those guys continue to play, and I wish Tiger Woods the greatest because you know I want him to eclipse Jack Nicklaus's. Uh, major championship records and the only way he can do it is he can really win at the Augusta National for two reasons one 
it's the smallest field. Right. Two, there's a third of the competition that don't really have a chance mm -hmm. because they don't have the experience. Right. And some of them are just a past their heyday and they're just playing, you know. Because they won before. In it. Yeah. Yes, because they right. won before. And Correct. so with Tigers, you know, if he can walk, if his leg could hold up, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I pray to God that it does, but I really think he can pull it off. Yeah, yeah. Because he's swinging at the ball really good. Right. I like those picks too, man. I agree with you. And hopefully everything will hold up and, you know, all of their shots will be in their favor. They know where to miss. Mm -hmm. I mean, they know the course. Um, mm -hmm. They got great caddies. And uh, I think it's going to be a great Masters, man. Oh, it's going to be outstanding with, you know, with Tiger, you know, yeah. being in the mix, you know, because right. he is the greatest player that ever played the game. Right. Well, Rodney, I just want to say thank you, man, for getting on the podcast tonight. Um, I, I, when I first talked to you, I was very excited about getting you on because you got a lot of history behind mm -hmm. you. And, you know. Oh, it's so much more. It's so much I more. I know, because I didn't know when you had told me, I didn't know anything, you know. So it was great to, great to you know, get a chance to speak to you a couple months ago and great to have you on the podcast tonight. And you got to come back on sometime soon too now. Will do. I have no problem with it, man, because guess what? Great. We need more people like me who have the experience yeah. to provide the experience for the, the new families that are coming into the game. They're coming right. into the game, but they don't have the uh, know-how or know what to do. Like I just met a young man today I mean, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he goes to St. John's College in D.C., mm -hmm. and his father didn't know what to do with him. Wow. You know, what level? So, I, you know, I had this same conversation that we had right now, right. and now he's going to attempt to qualify for the U.S. Open, the U.S. Amateur, and do all those national things along with what's happening. You know, because the first T and the other programs, yeah. They just don't, they're not set up to do no, all of that. No. And it's left up to the parents right. in order to do that. But black and brown parents have to go to work to make the money. So they can't make the money, work, and chaperone the child at the same time. Hey, Rodney, that is the reason I started the podcast two years ago, because mm -hmm. I didn't know any of this stuff. Right, and, that, and that's that's how this podcast was birthed, and um, this is probably the number one junior podcast out right now. But it's right. it's all because of people like you, um, and and the people that I've have been able to have on as a guest. So again, man, mm -hmm. I want to thank you uh, for being on. We got to get you on again soon, right? And man, no you problem. Continue to do what Anytime. you're doing, man, because we need yeah. you, Rodney. We need you. I understand, I, and I understand. I understand. Yeah, we need. And so you I community. want to thank you for what you do because yes, sir. guess what. Once I saw your podcast, yeah. I said, oh, my God, he gets it. And that's why I gave you a call, because right. you're spreading the knowledge and the information to right. the parents who don't know what to do with their children. You know, that's exactly and so once right. we so once we can get all of these golf coaches and things of that nature to yeah. actually do these boot camps. Yes. And so if anybody's interested, I can set up a program and run it through so you can you can implement these boot camps at any golf course where you live. You just need to know because at the end of the day, think about this. You got to play 72 holes a, a week. Right. If you want to play on the PGA tour 
that played 72 holes, holes on the weekend. A week. There you go. And Rodney, when you get that program up and running, I want you to come back on the uh, podcast so you could talk to us about how you yes. structured it and how you put it together, okay? Right. Will do. So, All right, man. Thank you so much, and y'all have a blessed thank night. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. You do it. Good night. Thank you for being All on the right. podcast.